Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in this morning to the Bible Explained podcast with your host, Jen, which is me. So I'm glad that you guys are here and that you are sharing a cup of coffee with me this morning or a cup of tea. You know what? (laughs) If you guys know me and have been listening along for many of these podcasts, you will know that I don't really like tea, but I kind of go like in and out of drinking it for whatever reason. I don't know why. And so I've been drinking tea more often than I usually do, mainly at night, because I found out that I just want to drink coffee all day. I have become extremely addicted to coffee over the past couple weeks that I just want a hot beverage in my hand all the time. And because I cannot drink coffee all hours of the day, I have switched over to tea later on at night. (laughs) But no, tea is not very good but it does uh, satisfy my coffee craving until I'm able to get some more in the morning. (laughs) So yeah, I'm drinking tea once again. So anyway, tell me what your favorite tea is if you are a tea drinker. Right now I'm drinking a lot of black tea with lemon in it. I kind of like it. It's pretty good. It has some caffeine in it. But okay, let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 21. Make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea this morning while we read this. I'm going to be reading verses 5 through 19 today out of the W.E.B. As some were talking about the temple and how it was decorated with beautiful stones and gifts, he said, As for these things which you see, the days will come in which there will not be left here, one stone on another that will not be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, so when will these things be? What is the sign that these things are about to happen? He said, Watch out that you don't get led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Therefore, don't follow them. When you hear of wars and disturbances, don't be terrified, for these things must happen first. But the end won't come immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes, famines, and plagues in various places. There will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you up to synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It will turn out as a testimony for you. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to withstand or to contradict. You will be handed over even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will cause some of you to be put to death. You will be hated by all men for my name's sake, and not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will win your lives." So we've talked about these things quite a bit, actually, because this is mentioned in Matthew and briefly also in Mark as well. And this is Jesus basically talking about uh, the future. So what's interesting about many prophecies in the Bible is that there's two prophecies to every one prophecy is what most people say. (laughs) Most scholars say, because typically a prophecy will happen in like a small um, a small amount kind of, 
and then it will be the big end time prophecy, if that makes sense. And one of the ways you can see how this prophecy already happened in a smaller way was with the destruction of Jerusalem and with the persecution of the early church. However, this is a double prophecy because this is also talking about things that are going to happen in the future, like yours and my future or potentially happening right at this moment in time. So yes, there's two prophecies to this one prophecy. And I'll talk more about that later because um, Jesus is actually going to talk about the desolation of Jerusalem. And we'll talk about that on Tuesday. But starting in verse five here, it says, as some were talking about the temple and how it was decorated with beautiful stones and gifts, he said, as for these things, which you see, the days are going to come when this is all going to be torn down, basically, which ended up happening. <laughs> that was uh, the, the destruction of the temple, which happened in AD 70, which we have briefly covered on the podcast before, but that was historical. Rome came and basically destroyed Jerusalem and destroyed the beautiful temple that was in Jerusalem. And the Jerusalem temple was super beautiful. Like it was gorgeously decorated. It had gold everywhere. There was marble in different places, precious stones and all sorts of crazy things happening in the temple. So it was a really, really beautiful temple in the heart of Jerusalem. But all of a sudden, Jesus is here saying that the temple is going to be destroyed. And I can imagine that the disciples are like, what do you mean? Like, how could this beautiful temple that was built for so long and, you know, and I'm pretty sure the temple was an ongoing building project, even at this time period, like they were always adding to it and making it more and more attractive and more and more beautiful. So the, the temple was an ongoing project. And I can imagine the disciples are like, what do you mean, Jesus? Like, what do you mean this is all going to be destroyed? Like, it's still ongoing. Like, when's this going to happen that you're talking about? And I bet you that they were thinking this was going to be like way in the future, not like 50 years in the future, which is what it ended up being. And I bet they were kind of shocked about all this. But Anyway, so they ask him, like, when's this going to happen? So Jesus says, first and foremost, in verse eight, watch out that you don't get led astray for many will come in my name saying, I am he and the time is at hand. Therefore, don't follow them. And of course, this has factually happened throughout the years. There's been plenty of people who have claimed that they are the Messiah. Uh, there's been plenty of people that claim that they're Jesus throughout the years <laughs> or the the God's son. There's like a cult right now, uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania, actually, that um, <laughs> they believe that their pastor is the son of God and can never die, which is interesting because he got his title from his father, who was apparently the first son of Jesus that could never die. And then when he died, the title got passed down to the current, I guess, pastor of that church. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, there's plenty of people that have claimed throughout the years to be Jesus, to be the Messiah and uh, or to be God's son. And Jesus says, don't follow after these people. And then he also says, don't follow after the people that say the time is at hand. <laughs> we hear this a lot nowadays. There's a lot of people that like to claim that they know when Jesus is going to return. And I bet you that uh, you might even know a handful of people that have done this. But Jesus says, don't do this. Because guess what? 
If Jesus doesn't even know the time that he's going to return, which he doesn't, and he claims that he does not know when he's going to return. So if Jesus, who is God, does not know when he is going to return, and only God the Father knows when Jesus' return is, there is not a human being alive that could possibly know when Jesus is going to return. So there's absolutely no point in trying to figure it out. (laughs) Rather, we're just supposed to be ready for Jesus's return because that's what Jesus tells us to do. He just says, be ready, be ready, look for the signs and just be ready. And so how do you get ready for Jesus's return? Well, you wait for him. You uh, believe in him. You love other people. You love God. That's the way you're going to be waiting for Jesus's return. So Jesus says, don't follow after people. They're like, the time is at hand because they don't know what they're talking about. And these kinds of people can lead other people astray, especially if they create a movement. Like there was one I was reading about in Enduring Word. Let me see if I can find it here. Where in 1846, a guy named William Miller in the United States said that Jesus was going to come back in 1846. And he got this huge following to believe him. It says there was hundreds of thousands in the United States who were convinced that Jesus would return in 1846. When he did not, there was a great disappointment with some falling away and some cultic groups spawning from the prophetic fervor. So there you go. That's straight from Enduring Word Commentary, um, talking about Luke 21. But yeah, I mean, there's been many things like that over the years where people are like, oh, we know when Jesus is going to return or we know when the end is. And then it turns out that that's not actually the end. And then there's a huge disappointment and people fall away from Jesus because of these psychopathic leaders that they were listening to who incorrectly predicted when Jesus would come again. So Jesus says, watch out for these kinds of leaders that uh, think they know it all, basically, because they don't. So this, of course, is the first thing that Jesus mentions to his disciples, that before anything happens, first and foremost, watch out for bad leadership and make sure you don't follow after bad leaders. So he says, after this, when you hear of wars and disturbances, don't be terrified for these things must happen first, but the end won't come immediately. Then he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be earthquakes, famines, and plagues in various places, terrors and great signs from heaven. And we can read about all these things in both the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation when God doles out uh, signs and wonders from heaven, basically, to get the people to turn back to him before Jesus's return comes. And the people don't do it. It says in Revelations that the people don't follow back after Jesus or uh, follow God at all. Rather, they just uh, cry out in misery (laughs) and curse God in their misery. But they don't follow God um, at all. They don't turn back towards him. And that's uh, stated pretty clearly in Revelation. But the point of these signs and wonders from heaven, even though they're great and they're scary and they're terrifying, it is to get the people to turn back to God, which unfortunately does not happen and will not happen. But it says here in verse 12 that before these things happen, like these things mentioned um, in Revelations, the great signs and wonders and terrors, that Christians are going to be persecuted first, which unfortunately is currently what is happening in the world. Christians are extremely persecuted 
um, all throughout the world to the point where this podcast would be illegal for some people to listen to. When I look at my podcast stats and I see where some people are listening from, I'm just like, wow, like you're brave. Whoever is listening into this um, from some of the countries I see, you guys are brave because I know that this podcast is considered illegal in the country you are listening in. And unfortunately, this podcast is considered (laughs) in the countries where it is legal to be something stupid, to be something uh, unnecessary. I mean, when you look at a podcast platform, you really got to jump through hoops to try to find Christian content. Like it's unfortunately very true. You know, as cancel culture continues to happen, podcasts like mine are getting targeted more and more often, which is why I sent out an email, uh, I think last month, where I said, please pray for the podcast as Christian platforms are getting um, continually looked down upon and canceled (laughs) just for being Christian more than anything. So yeah, continue to pray for the podcast if you would. Not that that has happened to me yet, but I do foresee some issues potentially arising in the future where I may not be able to easily get this content out to you guys as well as I am able to right now with the freedoms that I have right now. But anyway, my point being, Christians are disliked around the world. (laughs) It's very clear. I mean, just the fact that you don't often see Christian content, just how often you see Hollywood making fun of Christians and churches and demonizing them. You can see how much Christianity is hated, but rather it's really Jesus that they're hating. It's not necessarily the Christians. It's Jesus that the world hates because Jesus brings truth. He brings life. And that stuff is scary Truth is scary to somebody who is living in a lie. But anyway, here in verse uh, 12, it says that they're going to deliver the Christians up to the synagogues. I find that so fascinating because a synagogue is a temple, right? A synagogue is a place of worship of God. And so (laughs) uh, sometimes Christians are the most persecuted in churches, as unfortunate as that is. And I've known Christians, um, people that are close to me that have gotten very burned by the church, including my own family, unfortunately. And so, yeah, I mean, Christians are persecuted by other Christians sometimes, but not only are they going to deliver the the Christian up to the synagogue, they're going to deliver them to prison. They're going to bring them before kings and governors because of Jesus's name. In verse 13, it says, It will turn out as a testimony for you. I think that's so cool that even though, you know, it's a very despairing thing, I suppose, to be delivered to a king or to a governor to try to like plead your case and save your own life just for your beliefs. But Jesus says it's going to be a testimony for you. And these kings are going to listen to what you have to say. And potentially they're going to be won over to the truth from your testimony, because here's what uh, Jesus says, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to withstand or to contradict. So when these kings listen to you and you are speaking so much truth and you are unable to be contradicted, they're going to be listening. They're going to be like, wow, maybe there's something to this uh, Jesus guy (laughs) that this person here is um, defending. But to conclude in verse 16, it says, 
You will be handed over even by your parents, by your brothers, relatives, and friends. They will cause some of you to be put to death. I mean, I can think of um, Islamic countries where that, that regularly happens to Christians in those countries. Verse 17, you will be hated by all men for my name's sake, and not a hair of your head will perish. I think that's so cool because it says here, they will cause some of you to be put to death. And then the very next verse, not a hair of your head will perish. (laughs) That goes back to the whole concept of if you are God's child, you cannot die. I mean, your earthly body can die, but you will not die. Your spirit does not die. You're going to be alive just on a different plane. And I talked about all that um, last week, if you would like to hear that episode. And that brings so much comfort to me personally as somebody, I I don't like persecution. I'm scared of it. (laughs) My husband and I have conversations where he's like, persecution isn't that bad because you're going to be blessed for it. And I'm just like, yeah, but I just want to be blessed and not have to be persecuted. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) So this verse brings me comfort. Not a hair of your head will perish, even if they do take you to be put to death. You're not going to die. And like, that's just so, it's, it's just a concept that's so fascinating to me. Like how we are going to be safe. We are going to be secure and we will have life no matter what. Because here's what it says to end. By your endurance, you will win your lives. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. A cross was an instrument of death. You know, a cross was, uh, (laughs) when you carried a cross back in these days, you were going to your death. Like that's what that symbolized. That's what that meant. And having that endurance, believing in Jesus, even to the point of death, that is what gives us life. Jesus is who gives us life. And Jesus says, if we're going to be Jesus followers, we are going to be persecuted. There's no two ways about it. Like, If you believe in Jesus in some way or another, you're going to be persecuted. That doesn't necessarily mean death. (laughs) It could just mean that your rights get taken away. It could mean that you get bullied. It could mean that you um, get insulted for being a Christian. Could mean that you get kicked out of your church and alienated from your friends and family. I don't know. Persecution is rough. However, Jesus is the one who truly gives us life. So trying to hold on to this earthly life that we have now, it's not really life. I mean, yes, we have life on earth, but it's like life in the dark. You know, it's not eternal life. But when we follow Jesus, even when it's scary, he is the one that can give us eternal life. It's all by him. It's all through his power that he gives us eternal life. So even though it's hard for us to follow Jesus, we need to do it because Ultimately, in the end, that is how we are going to gain eternal life is through Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us. And if we're going to become like Jesus, unfortunately, we do have to go through persecution. But yes, we will be blessed in the end for it. Well, faithful listeners, you'll never guess it, but the power went off twice while I was doing this episode. (laughs) I have this uh, thing hooked up to my computer where my computer, it's like a power bank, I guess. I don't know exactly what it does. My husband did it, but uh, it it protects my computer from just like shutting off when the power goes out. And yeah, by the way, I'm going through a really bad snowstorm today. So this is terrible. (laughs) I feel like we just had a bad snowstorm. Like I feel like summer just never, 
never came or something like i guess it did but it feels like really short but yeah the power went off twice while i was recording this episode but thankfully that thing that my husband hooked up to my computer worked because (laughs) i was able to continue recording regardless of the fact that uh I was sitting in the dark. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it on your social media platforms. And don't forget about the Adore devotional that is now available on Amazon. The one that I just wrote is for teenage girls, and it is a guide for them through Advent. And it's going to be a lot of fun for them, I believe. And it's going to be a really great Christmas devotional that you can give your teenage girls. So if you know a teenage girl, or if you know a group a girls group that needs a devotional for Advent, consider the Adore devotional, The Teen Girl's Guide to Advent. Anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I'll drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode. And also, if you look in the bio, you will see that I also have my email address in there and you can just shoot me a message. By the way, forgot to mention this. I am now um, offering the first two chapters of my book, Out of the Mire. If you go over to my website and subscribe to the email list, you will get the uh, first two chapters of the book Out of the Mire in your inbox. That is my gift to you. So go over to the website and grab those two chapters for yourself. Anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of Numbers. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,